She's passionate about helping you become the best mama you can be and is pulling back the curtain on experts' advice for every area of our lives, from eating for wellness, the best advice for littles, fashion and style, and everything in between. Get ready to get real. This is Not Your Mama's Podcast with your host, Christina Franci. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. The title of this episode is The Ultimate Gift Registry for Moms. In this episode, we are speaking with Caitlin McGrayus, the founder of Be Her Village, a gift registry for moms to get support instead of a bunch of baby stuff. We have helped over $50,000 going directly to new parents to pay for their doulas, their lactation consultants, midwives, and postpartum care. Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on Not Your Mama's podcast today. I'm so interested about Be Her Village. Can you say a little bit more about your background and talk about Be Her Village? Awesome. Christina, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I also, I just have to say, I love hearing the $50,000 that have been funded to new moms because that number is $90,000 as of today. So that is awesome. It's an ever upticking amount of money that we are getting into the pockets of parents. Yeah. So that's really exciting. Um, A little about me. I am a mom of three. I have a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 10-year-old. And I was a special ed teacher in New York City, and my husband still is, and I was kind of just like on that teacher track. And and then I got pregnant with my first baby, and my entry into motherhood was a little bumpy. (laughs) That's the easiest way I can put it, right? So I had my baby shower. I was surrounded with my friends and family. I was like a hormonal, blubbering, sobbing mess almost the whole time, which was super fun, a fun side effect of pregnancy. Um, And then I had my baby and like all the stuff that I had registered for that people told me and the stores told me that I would need to be able to take care of my baby and to be a good mother um, ended up not actually being what I needed. And I was a little shocked by that. I ended up three days postpartum in my nursery, um, trying to figure out how to simultaneously take a shower, uh, breastfeed my baby and get ready for a pediatrician's appointment. And what I ended up doing was failing at all of those. And my mom found me like crying naked, trying to breastfeed, just sort of being like, what, what is this? What's going on? I don't, I'm not doing this right. Um, And I was in this nursery that was filled with all the stuff that I'd gotten at my baby shower with all the things for my baby that people had told me that I would need to be a good mother. Um, So fast forward from that, from that fateful day to having my second baby and getting a similar amount of stuff. And then I became a doula soon after that, who's, um, I'm somebody who essentially just like supports people in their pregnancy and motherhood journeys and their parenthood journeys. Um, as they advocate for themselves in the system and understand choices and help people really like become active participants in their own journey. And it's kind of my favorite thing to do is like empower people to find their voices and get the information they actually need. And so I did that for about five years. I had another baby in the mix and I started to get frustrated because doula services are not covered by insurance. There's some, I mean, of course, for like every totally broad statement, there's like an exception to that, but there's a few pilot programs for Medicaid to cover doulas. But beyond that, doula support is an out-of-pocket expense. It's expensive. Most people can't access that care. 
And the people who can't access that care don't benefit from it. So I was feeling really excited about the practice I'd built. I was seeing how impactful uh, my team and our support of these families were, but I was feeling frustrated that it was not something that everybody could access. And so I thought to myself, hmm, we need a few thousand dollars to cover like all of the, all of the support things that are not covered, right? Like doulas and lactation consultants and pelvic floor therapists and mental health care and support groups. And I mean, it goes on and on. There's a whole village of people that support new mothers. And how can we access those funds really quickly? And my mind went immediately to the baby shower because the baby shower is where your friends and family are so excited. I mean, think about how excited you get when you find out someone, you know, is pregnant. It's like, oh my God, I cannot wait to spoil this little baby. I cannot wait to help my friend or my sister, yeah. whoever, you know, enter into motherhood. I cannot wait to help them. And then we go to baby stores and buy a bunch of baby junk that they don't really need. Um, no, and you so don't need all that baby stuff. And you all you need so is like little. a basket. <laughs> a basket or like a basket, and like a car seat. Yeah. You don't <laughs> need anything. I was like, I have all this stuff and I never used it. It was just they kind never of like used it. room fillers. Just, just yes. like the pictures. Or Dust whatever. collectors. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I did a little research before I even started thinking about building a new kind of gift registry, one that would actually give moms what they need. Um, and I did a little research and I found out that Every year, the United States, our communities spend $12 billion on baby gifts for us. Wow. $12 billion. That's like a really conservative estimate. It's probably a whole lot more than that. Um, And I started realizing like, whoa, this money exists. This is here. It's here and it's being spent by the people that love us. And they're trying to buy really great gifts for us, but there's just not that many options out there. You go to these you know, baby lists and Target and Walmart and, you know, wherever else. And they have all the baby things and they really don't have anything for the mothers. And so I decided to build the baby registry that moms really need. And it's called Be Her Village. And it's so spectacular. We have we have a ticker right on top. So if you go to BeHerVillage.com, you can see in the moment exactly how many funds have been sent to new moms to pay for their support teams. Um, it's totally customizable. People can add the teams that they already have, or you can come and just be like, I don't know, I heard about this and we will help shop for you. We'll explain everything that you need. We have a whole registry guide sort of outlining the various different types of support and people in your area. Um, And we've just made it like a really easy way to get the support you need and to get the funds to pay for it. Because that is one of the biggest issues is that people often wake up to like, all right, I've heard, I've heard about a doula, right? It's like 10 years ago, nobody knew what a doula was, but people are like, oh, doulas. I know about doulas. I know about childbirth that I know about lactation support. I know what my pelvic floor is like the, the people who are becoming mothers right now, like they're awesome. They're just like so much better than I was 10 years ago. They know what they want. And now the question is like, cool. So how do I pay for this? And be her village is the answer to that. It's really easy to use. And then you, instead of being like me and sitting in your nursery filled with all the stuff and feeling like you have nothing that you actually need, you can have your postpartum doula taking care of you and your meal service and your house cleaners and your pelvic floor specialist and your lactation consultant. Like, Oh my God, it it sounds so wonderful. I know. I (laughs) I wish I could go back. you saying that I just got chills because it's kind of like you have the baby and it's just like, here, take care of the baby. We're done with you now, you know, when in the hospitals or the doctors or whatever. And I mean, if anything, we get cleared six weeks, you know, to be with our partners, but 
It's so true. Like I remember feeling so lost when I had my first child and I was by myself. My, my husband was working a lot and I was just alone lactating. Like, I mean, I had so much milk. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do was breastfeed because it was so much pain and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, I could call the nurse, um, the lactation consultant at the hospital, but you'd always have to leave a message. You'd have to wait to hear from them. And it was just, wasn't really easy to get a hold of someone to ask questions. So I love this concept. I love this idea. I wish I knew about this because it's so important. Like people don't realize like the food that you need, you know, like to cook meals. Like it was so nice when I had like my mom visiting for the week and made foods. Like Mm -hmm. once she left, I was like, oh my God, I can't even cook. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. Absolutely. And that's, that's part of the thing, right? I was also alone. My husband didn't have any paternity leave. So he was back at work the day I left the hospital. My mother brought me home from the hospital with the baby. He was in grad school. It was everything landed on me. And I don't think, I mean, I, I know for sure I didn't have the right expectation of how hard it was going to be and how much it was going to fall on me. And I feel, I feel like a lot of, um, guilt about that. And I feel like a little bit of shame of like, I didn't know. And I hear that from a lot of the parents I support, like, I didn't know I should have done my research. I didn't know. And it's like, but you shouldn't have to know, like you should just sort of, you should be allowed to go into parenthood and have an excellent birth experience and have a beautifully supported postpartum experience Mm. as a rule. And the thing that really gets me um, passionate is probably the polite word for it is that these big box stores and all of these retailers who are profiting off of selling us all this baby crap we don't really need are painting this picture of like, if you buy all this stuff, this will be easy. And you know what? That's not true. It's It's not not true true. because you can buy all of it. You can buy the whole store and you're still going to need that personal warm care of your village. And your village looks like your mom. It looks like your neighbors and it looks like professionals, right? The the modern village is not all people. I have this like image in my head of people like shucking corn around a fire. I don't know why that's like my image of village, (laughs) the village of the past. Yeah, But the village of now happens in mom support groups and mommy and me classes and lactation visits and doulas and midwives and childbirth education. And it really looks different. And it's a beautiful mix of personal and professional. And we've made it where you can now add it to your gift registry, which is just kind of the coolest thing because we're telling moms the truth about what they're going to need so that they don't have to go through what we went through. Yeah. I mean, the fourth trimester is real and we need professionals to help us in the fourth trimester. I mean, the baby sleeps most of the time, but we're dealing with the change of our life. We're dealing with the emotional and the hormonal, you know, adjustments and stuff. And I wish I knew I had this. Um, I think that this is such a brilliant idea because motherhood is hard, especially for first time moms. It's a different scale for everyone, but I think it's definitely like, once you get home from the hospital, you're like, okay, now what? And then like with the clothes and all that, like you only, I I only kind of use like so many in rotation, you know, I don't absolutely. And all these clothes, like I really only always grabbed like a, like maybe like seven that I would use, you know? Yes. And And I have to say some of these gifts, like actually create more work and anxiety for mothers as if we need help having more anxiety. It's like, (laughs) 
because <laughs> hello, I'm like the poster child for postpartum anxiety. Um, but it's like, you know, those really cute outfits. Those are the ones people like to buy. It's never like, please get me a pack of six plain white onesies. Thanks. That's what I actually need. It's yeah. always like these super elaborate, super expensive outfits. And then there there's creates this pressure to like dress your baby up. Your, your baby wants to be in pajamas. You don't need fancy outfits. And then there's this pressure of like, please take a picture and send it when the baby gets in it. It's like, oh my goodness, I have to make sure I get them in it before they they grow out of it. And I have to make sure I send it. And there's this, I don't think that people realize that that is the work that they're creating for new moms at a time when we should be taking as much off their plate as we can. Yeah, no, I think that's really beautiful. I love this. I mean, if I have another baby, I'm definitely going to be her village.com and I'm going to sign up it. and register because, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's tough. Like all these extra support services, like doula, like your own personal lactation consultant, midwives, whatever, like pelvic care, you know, help with like C, you know, C-sections and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all expensive. And you're right. Insurance does not cover any of that insurance companies. The United States is probably like one of the worst like countries that takes care of the, one of the worst countries that takes care of like their women and and babies. Like they make us go back to work right away. They don't provide any aftercare services. I mean, there's some emotional support stuff, but like, does the insurance companies really cover that? Some majority of women cannot afford these extra quote unquote perks. Um, Yes. And what has happened? I love that you're Yes. And what is, and what's happened in our country. And it's like part of what I'm sort of shouting from the rooftops is that because it's only accessible to people who have the money out of pocket, mm-hmm. it has become associated with like being bougie, you know, like exactly. oh, she's bougie. She has a night nurse. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like actually every other mother in the developed world is getting this automatically. Like literally they're getting home visits. They're getting people helping them with breastfeeding. They're getting pelvic floor therapies handed out like candy. It's like automatic. After your six week visit, you go and from a mom in Switzerland told me like, yeah, the six week visit after 16 mid 16 midwife in-home appointments, they then get sent to pelvic floor therapy where they, she, she said, we lay on the floor in a circle and like, you know, do tilts or whatever, but it's like, you're with other moms it's totally standard to care for mothers. And in our country, we don't do it. And then we like judge the people who are doing it. You know, we're calling it bougie. We're, we're creating a stigma around it versus saying, hey, why don't I get that? Why, yeah. why do I not get paid parental leave? That's why my husband, I mean, me personally, that's why my husband was back at work day three after my C-section because he didn't, we didn't have paid parental leave. And we were well, like, men, most men we don't, don't get money. <laughs> Most men don't. Hey friends, I hope you are enjoying this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. This podcast would not be possible if it wasn't for the support of you, my wonderful community. To support your mama's podcast, please click the support link right down below and you can donate just as little as 99 cents. Also, follow me in the Shop Like to Know It app where you can follow me with all my exclusive content all the way from baby products I love, fashion and style, and everything in between. Now let's get back to the episode. And then it's like, 
your maternity leave is sometimes only six weeks. Like, can you imagine like at six weeks is not very long to be with your newborn baby and having to go back to work. And you're still kind of like figuring out like your new life and who knows, like postpartum depression, like there's so much that comes in the fourth trimester and beyond after having your baby. And I heard like having your life. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I'll say, and I heard in Korea, they pay women to have babies and they Mm -hmm. have like phenomenal services. Like you have the baby and then they take you to like a baby care center and they like totally just help you out, give you like amazing food. And then they also give you money after you leave so you can support you and your baby. Like, yes, it's just crazy how in the United States, we're just, we just don't care about the mother that much. It seems like it's just kind of like, okay, go do you. And then it's like on this expectation of us to be like these super women and then like not really understanding our bodies. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Exactly. That's exactly why I started Be Her Village because I, it's such an event having a baby or welcoming a baby, even if you're not physically birthing your own baby, it's like, it is an upheaval event. And we need to recognize that event. And we need to recognize that it impacts mothers, that it impacts the women who are caring for these babies in a different way than it affects the fathers and, and the, the co-parents, the person who is in charge, the primary caregiver of these children, they have lower pay across their career. They don't have paid parental leave. There's no subsidized daycare. I mean, there's just and I, I don't want to bring in this morbidity, but it's sort of something we have to talk about. The over 50% of maternal mortality deaths, meaning women in our country who are dying surrounding childbirth. When I when I hear um, about our maternal mortality rate, which is rising and is the highest of any developed country in the world, it's shameful. More women die in childbirth in the United States than any other developed country by almost twice as much. I mean, it's, it's, and our rate is climbing, oh, but I do you know why? why? Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Why? Because of the absolute negligence in the postpartum. And there's multifactorial, right? Multifactorial. It's not easily summed up, but look at the stats. I always think, oh, women dying when they give birth, probably some horrible one-off thing that happened in the L&D room, you know, something that happened in the hospital. That's not what's happening. That's part of what's happening. But what's going on is that over 50% of women who are losing their lives um, when they're entering the childbirth and motherhood arena, it's happening between going home and the six-week visit. Because Mm. we are completely neglected. We are told go home and come back in six weeks. We don't have care. There's no, there's no paid leave for our partners to take care of us. There's no systematic set up care for mothers. And we are left on our own to figure it all out. And most of us are injured from our births. Many of us will deal with postpartum mood and anxiety disorders. Um, And I mean, the list goes on. So we are just completely unsupported. And it's really time for mothers to speak up. And step up. And I think there's a lot of 
amazing groups that are doing this work. And the reason I created Be Her Village is so we can speak up and and vote with our dollars, right? Like yeah. we, I reject the idea that I need thousands of dollars of plastic baby gear to make me a good mother. And I think that the money that my community is going to spend on me is better spent supporting me and giving me the baseline of care that I would get if I was in almost any other developed country on the planet. Yeah, no, I love your passion. And I totally agree. Because if you're not well and healthy, how can you take care of your baby well and be that awesome mother, mother that consumerism, you know, makes you believe that that's what's going to help you. Um, exactly. If that makes sense. So um, I have more <laughs> questions. I can't wait to hear your answers. So my first question mm. to you is who and what inspires you? Mm, that's such a good question. I feel really inspired by so many people. Who and what inspires me? I feel really inspired um, by my own mother, believe it or not. I feel really inspired by her. She has, she's had a difficult life in a lot of areas through her childhood into her young adulthood, being a mom of two, divorced, single mom in her late 30s and 40s, I find her to be um, an incredible source of inspiration for sort of like, not only hard work, obviously, and showing up and dedication, but also just watching her life unfold um, has been really inspiring for me to sort of think outside the box of what can be for me. No, that's good. It's always nice to have a, a role model like that in your life. Um, yeah. So my second question is, what is something you wished you knew when you were younger? Mm-hmm. I wish that I knew that what other people think about me doesn't matter. Yeah. That's what I, I wish and that, that goes down to like, you know, my body image issues when I was like in middle school, all the way up to what I'm doing right now. I think that I let other people's perceived image of me, like it's not even real. People don't even have to say a thing to me, but like I, I let what I fear other people think of me be a block to mm-hmm. my own ambition. And so it's a constant, like, just, just follow your own gut and, and let everybody else's opinions fall away and just staying true to myself and what I know to feel good and be good. Um, that is something that I wish I learned a lot earlier on, but I'm really glad at 38 years old that I figured it out in this decade because yes. <laughs> it feels good and it's really powerful stuff once you get it. Yeah, no, I feel you. I'm the same way. I wish I, that's one of the things I wished I knew when I was younger too. Um, yeah. So my third question is what's the essential part of your daily routine? Mm, that's really good. I'm such a like stickler for routine. I, I can't tell if I have like adult ADHD or if I just live in the digital age. Um, I think it might be a little bit of both. Um, let's see. I mean, this is kind of lame, but it's coffee. If I don't have coffee in the morning to like have a moment to myself to sort of like awaken and set myself up for the day, that warm liquid, the ritual around it, the smell, the taste, the, like my children know, they need to go take care of their own morning routines while I do mine. Um, I really hold my coffee ritual to be very sacred, which is something else I got from my mother. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel you got to have my coffee every morning. There is a ritual around it. You know, you have to there have it is. a certain way. You got to make it a certain way. 
No, I feel yeah. like and I feel like a different person on the other side of my cup of coffee. You know, I'm like a person who can do things and get yeah. shit done. Sorry, I don't know if you curse on this, no, but I feel like that. I can I can get it done. Um, whereas on the on the beginning part of that cup of coffee, I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> this day feels really packed. You know, it's like it's sort of this quiet, meditative uh, place for me to, to carve out for myself in a day where I am often giving to others all day, right? Like I, and I feel like when I sit down for work at 930 every morning, I have already lived a whole life. I often say that, like I have lived a whole life. I have parented these children. I have dealt with all of their sort of all of their needs and issues. I've gotten them to where they need to be. We've just, we've lived so much. And then I sit down to work and then I go right back into that. And so the coffee ritual just gives me the 10 to 15 minutes for myself every morning. And it feels really good. Perfect. And then my last question is best advice you've ever received. Okay. My best advice I've ever received, which again, this isn't like anything fancy, but it really helped me as an entrepreneur. I got it from my mentor and he's, he repeats it to me often, uh, which is work on your business, not in your business. And so what that means, or at least what it has meant to me is I can get really sort of tied into the details. I can like, oh, well, I'll, I'll do that myself. I'll do that myself. I'll do that myself. And he always reminds me like, you have to, I have to build out my own village so that I can trust other people to do what they need to do. And I can have time to work on the business, meaning growing the organization as a whole so that I can think about what's next. And I can sort of have those high level um, views of what is coming and where we're going as a group, rather than getting stuck in like, emails, you know, and like social media posts. So I I find that to be really reassuring. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on and sharing Be Her Village. Down below in the show notes are all the links. Don't be shy. Go down and say hi. And if you know someone who is expecting and a baby shower, think outside the box. Why don't you try BeHerVillage.com? I think it would be an amazing gift for a new mom and Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode, and I hope to see you in the next one. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you in the next one.